One of the first English language publications produced by British Muslims was Q News. It signalled a new stage in engagement with British public life. People who were primarily involved in the beginning of Q News were the older generation of the second generation British Muslims. We just felt that there was nothing there. It was Britain-centric for us as a Muslim community to say that this is where we see the rest of the world standing from here. So that's what really made Q News really unique. It was a broad-based approach to journalism and not scared to say things as they are, really. Sort of this, we called it a halal magazine. The other unique selling point of it was it was non-denominational. Right from the beginning, Q News was about saying, we want to hear the voices of everybody. We don't have to agree with it, but we want to hear it. Not only within our own community, but within the non-Muslim community as well, to provide a platform for people to dialogue and engage with us. And people didn't like that at first. You know, you did something about Saudi Arabia. Oh, God, you're promoting Saudi Arabia. You're, you're from that. You did something about Iran. Oh, God, you're funded by Iran, this, that and the other. Q News has never aligned itself to anything other than perhaps promoting constructive, positive debate and dialogue. So that's what's been the great strength of Q News and that's what we all believe in. And the other aspect also has been the gender issue because right from the beginning Q News has had women very much involved at all levels. And what we felt, those of us who were women involved in it, we felt we didn't want a sister section or a women's section, right? We felt that the greater challenge for us was for the issue of women to be mainstreamed within the body of the magazine. There may be people writing in Q News who have one view or another, but I think the editorial position is it's about giving people the option. If, for example, in British government said we are going to ban all faith schools altogether, let's say, we might disagree or agree with that, but we'd say at least that's universal. So if this society allows faith schools, then you can't disallow other faith schools. They allow some, you can't not allow the others. It's like blasphemy law. If you're going to have it, you can't give it to some and not to the others. And I think the ability of the government to have a clear position on this is because it's still struggling with the fact it's a multicultural, multi-faith society and it doesn't really still know what that means for it. We need to have forums where we're bouncing off our ideas and there's not enough of that happening. So the journalism internally within us in the communities is limited by our ability to have conversations amongst ourselves. And if somebody's going to be just stupid for the sake of it, like a lot of the stuff on the niqab has been, absolutely chronic journalism, then that would be the same, well, we're not interested in that. And so a lot of the stuff that I see a lot of Muslims writing these days is, I, I said, well, where do they get that information from? They don't know the background of it. They don't know the context of it. They're entitled to their opinion, but it's hollow. However, working in the mainstream media can be difficult because of the narrow conventions within which much reporting occurs. If I was a Muslim in mainstream media and I would say, well, actually, I just can't do certain things from an ethical point of view or my understanding of those issues is going to be like this. Let's say, for example, this whole, I really don't even like talking about it, this niqab business. As a Muslim woman, if I'm aware and conscientious of the remit of that whole discussion, I don't think I could possibly take it the way some of the discussion went. You know, I wouldn't want to do that. And I know from what I get feedback from journalists in the mainstream media that they, either as a journalist, if they're Muslim, get pigeonholed into those stories, right? And they get very frustrated that the opportunity to really present a much more broad-based understanding of such issues is not really possible. 
I know people who've left mainstream media because they felt that when they're discussing these kind of issues with their management, whatever, it's very difficult. Because these are institutional problems where people see diverse people or communities in a particular way and can't move outside of that terms of reference, basically.